perfectionist says to themselves, only when I am hitting the arrow through the bullseye every single time while riding on horseback and singing I'm Every Woman at perfect pitch, then and only then will I give myself permission to be happy. Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. Desmond Blackburn spent 15 years selling technologies and helping organizations define their strategies and achieve their goals. But then one day he himself kind of just got stuck and couldn't move forward. He knew what he was capable of. He knew what he had to do, but he just couldn't get it done. So he decided, as he says, to wave the proverbial white flag and hired his own personal life coach. And when he did, he got done in four months what he'd been trying to accomplish for five years. Needless to say, his coach helped him simply lay out a strategy and then held him accountable to that strategy. And helping others in the same way appealed to Desmond, and he decided to shift his career trajectory to take on the role of life coach. Leveraging a life coach can be a powerful experience to help individuals see their blind spots, identify goals, and accelerate achievement of those goals. 90% of Desmond's clients are women just like you, highly successful, juggling all the balls, ladies, and doing an amazing job, but maybe who just might also feel a little bit stuck. In this interview, Desmond identifies the role perfectionism plays in standing in the way of progress and gives practical tips to overcome this unsustainable state of mind. He reminds us that what once worked for us may no longer serve you and that progress is more important than perfect. Before we welcome our guest, Desmond, I want to ask a favor. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and share it with a friend. And without further ado, let's welcome our guest, life coach, Desmond Blackburn. Trinity, my gosh, girl. Right? How long have I known you? Since I was 17 years old. No, 18. Oh I had just turned 18 years old. Gosh, awesome. Matter of fact, matter of fact Trinity, Trinity, you, you might have... <laughs> it was almost you, sweetie. It was, was, was that close. We were that close. <laughs> if I was just a little bit taller. Lord Jesus. <laughs> You'd have oh been the one. God. You'd have been the one. I was like, here, boo, put these stacks on. Let's go. <laughs> Desmond was the one that used to send me like the little notes and all of that. It was like, girl, if you was a fine wine. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Oh, the pickup lines. Oh, yeah. I said, Shelby, if I was a little bit taller, girl. But then was... you found that beauty, Deneen, and mm, Things no, could like not said, have been more perfect. No, like I said, the, the, the grace has been there for, I was, I was built for marriage. So this is awesome. So yes, I love, love like that. This is yes. my, my Super Bowl ring there. I love it. Right. <laughs> You've earned it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why and a teenage daughter? Right. <laughs> well, guys, listen, thank you so much for the honor and privilege. I do a lot of these, but I'd never taken for granted. So I do appreciate it. Well, I'm just so happy that we get to talk with you and have you on. You, my friend, are breaking our testosterone cherry here. (laughs) Yes. So you are our first male interview. And I just, I think you you couldn't be more perfect for the job, right? (laughs) Knowing how well you relate to women, understand women, coach women. Um, 
I can I get real it's... douchey if you want to. I can unbutton <laughs> no, my shirt and start sharing the, the, the chest hairs. No, and thank you. Start doing, I, I can start doing all, I, I, if you want, just let me know anytime. I can switch it up if you want. No, <laughs> no, no. Actually, please don't. <laughs> no. yeah, you, are in a safe, you. you are in a safe space. You're in a safe space. Right. <laughs> With that, you know, I know that you talked about really this angle or, um, specialty and really thinking about perfectionism and where it comes from, how it manifests and how you start to think about transforming your life, mm-hmm. um, with a, di- through a different lens. And I just, yeah. I think it's such a powerful message and one that I would love to unpack today. It's uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, guys. Like I said, I, I, I'm loving first of all, the title, hello, hello, midlife. I think it's absolutely genius is right up there Thank you. Going on here. So with this in mind, then guys, like I said, let me go ahead and just basically be the one that is going to eat me. If you throw them, I'll, I'll lay it up as far All as right. I'm concerned. So matter of fact, whatever Perfect. it is, we'll go ahead and make it you guys' personal coaching session. How about that? Love it. Okay. Yes, <laughs> totally use it. Okay. Not that either one of us are perfectionists in any way, shape, or form. No. Perfectionists and introverts uh, on that. Right. Well. Exactly. You could tell that right from the start. I don't, yeah. It's crazy. Even through Zoom, like it's just so obvious, you know. <laughs> well, 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 hold on a second. So everybody keeps assuming that introverts are 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 solely demure, soft, don't speak up for themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the most famous people that you and I admire and also from Jim Carrey, Denzel Washington, Keanu Reeves and all stuff, individuals that have been entertaining folks, means enough stuff, folks who are very comfortable basically being out and speaking and, and acting and doing those type of things are the painful introverts on that. Because it's really it's really based upon not about personality or who's more social than not. It's about how we process energy. So mm-hmm. how, how that basically works is this. I can basically be gregarious out there, what have you. But the longer I'm around people, the more energy I begin, energy begins to drain and all stuff. And for a lot of years, I consider myself an extrovert, but I'm actually an introvert masquerading mm. as an extrovert. And That's how I and, and when I heard this definition by Carl Jung, uh, a fact, 20th century psychologist and all stuff, it made a lot of sense because sure. I'll be out and about. I'll do a talk. I'll be out and about a lot of people. I'll come home and I'm like saying I'm knocked out. It's like as though I have no more energy. And introverts, because if it's a matter of possibly process energy, they prefer being by themselves because not being antisocial. That's how they power up. Mm. Right. That's how they power up so they can be out and also to basically be themselves. Now, extroverts a little bit, in fact, are the exact polar opposite. The more they're indoors by themselves, it's like, oh, get me out of here, even to the point of depression. But when they start getting out, long story short, these are the folks who go to the party and say, yo, where the after party at? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Meantime, I'm checking my watch talking about, yo, it's 10 o'clock. When I so, get home. <laughs> yes going on there so and shelby and i are planning the after party, the party. <laughs> exactly. we are planning the after party. you're invited no. but if you decline we understand <laughs> all right so so again wanted to go ahead and put that out there because you got a lot of folks out there who like saying hold on a second um that's actually me so the good news is that one of the things i'm learning about introverts is that they have a superpower all to themselves but unfortunately because we live in in fact united states probably has the highest percentages of extroverts whereas if you look at finland or japan or what have you and all stuff it's the exact opposite going on here so that's fascinating so do you know if that's formulated by nature or nurture because i would just hearing that statistic, it makes me think that by nature, or really, I guess, by nurture in the United States, we are groomed to be individualistic and groomed to stand out and excel and be the life of the party, be the energy. And I feel like in other countries like Japan, and I lived in Japan for a while, they are actually taught the opposite, taught not to make eye contact, taught to be demure. Wow. So tell us what your take on that is. Yeah, so Matthew, I think you're spot on. And also, I believe it's a combination of both nature and nurture. I'm going to say more nurture than anything else, because, again, you know, a lot of that is coming from the effect from the directors in terms of culture uh, on that. Again, our culture 
here in the United States is that we reward the bombastic. We reward individuals that are allowed who say, look, I am here. Nothing wrong with that going on here. But unfortunately, what ends up happening, particularly when we start looking to, as we start getting into the professionals, again, you guys are in the CEO, C-space, C-suite, what have you, you'll find out most of the sales trainers or individuals and also that are basically in the lead are individuals who are extroverts, which are perfectly fantastic. But What's happening is the fact that the it, the problem is the fact that when everybody looks at these type of professions, they take a one size fits all approach. Okay. Well, shoot, you are obviously very energetic and talkative, whatever. You'll be perfect for this. Not necessarily going on here. And what ends up happening, introverts who find themselves in this space find themselves well alone and there is no mentorship. And when they go for help, they're asking help from an extrovert who doesn't understand what they're going through. Mm. Let me kind of give you a case in point here and also. So for example, extrovert says in the sales organization, listen guys, sales challenge, sales challenge, ding, 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 ding. Let's all go out to the local mall. We're going to pass out all our cards. Extroverts say, oof, game on. Introverts say, I ain't doing that. Mm-mm. I don't know them people. Right. I'm not comfortable talking to folks that I don't know that I don't have an introduction with going on here. Now, does that make them stand offish? Does that make it? It's just in terms of how they're wired. Again, remember the setup. The more people they're around, the more they get drained. Okay. So naturally, I only if I'm looking and I'm saying I have a limited amount of energy, I'm not looking forward to opportunities to be around more people, particularly individuals that I don't know, that I don't have a setup for, et cetera, et cetera. I'll give you another example. You know you're an introvert when sure. you don't like, matter of fact, you don't like sudden changes in plans. Extroverts sure. almost pride themselves on being able to go ahead and go with the flow on that make it work we're here now we like change just for change's sake as far as that's concerned we consider that a challenge game on yeah introverts though as far as that's concerned it's like as oh hold on a second who's at the door (laughs) right did did you say (laughs) did anybody come did you get an email check your text check your text but also did anybody let you know ahead of time what's going on hold on a second this this isn't planned this isn't on the menu now while this is funny, one of the things I noticed that as I've been selling as an extrovert for so many years, I thought that selling as an extrovert, when I was basically now uh, selling to other introverts, I thought I was basically being charming. And in fact, mm-hmm. what I was actually doing was pissing them off mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And also one of the things that introverts do not like overall is Befic, uh, very, very Befic, a displays of affection on that going in for the hug i just met you whatever they find that stuff very very standoffish mm. going on here random calls being made that were not scheduled ahead of time i didn't mm-hmm. know why you were calling you thought you you thought you were basically being what diligent you thought you were basically being staying on top of it they thought that as offensive and they felt it was pushy yeah. So again, these are some of the things that folks are now dealing with right now. I'm exposing. And then more importantly, we're providing them a step-by-step process of, okay, let's not do those things, but here are some things you can do. Because unfortunately, we got amazingly talented, incredibly smart individuals who are introverts who have told themselves that they can't start a business, that they can't sell. When in yeah. fact, they can sell, but they just need to go ahead and, and, and identify, as I like to go ahead and call it, their natural sales language. And that's what I've been doing, matter of fact, in terms of helping all around the country, uh, introverts who are amazing, got great ideas, but helping them understand their sales language so they can get so, so, so they can have their voice, have their say, and not have to outsource that to technology and other people. So it's been pretty, that's uh, great. pretty nice, pretty nice ride. So I would love for you to just tell our listeners, um, you know, they're probably all wondering, like, why do we hear this man's voice? What's happening? What's happening here? Trin, Shelves, what's going on? Have you forsaken us? No ladies, no ladies and the two men listening. We've not forsaken you. Right. Because we know you out there, right? We know you you out there. At least two of you. Right. Those those two dates that we went on, you're like, I'm going to listen. They're checking up on us. We know you're listening. (laughs) 
You guys are having too much fun on this podcast. I swear to God. She said she had a podcast. Is she for real? She for real? Girl, I thought she was just trying to get my number and all of it. I I don't need to fake a podcast for that. Let's be clear. (laughs) It might fake other things, but not a podcast. (laughs) All right. Check, please. (laughs) All right. I'm putting you to the test, doesn't it? Exactly. We want to see Kenya roll with the big girls. Uh, Right, exactly. exactly. Speaking of rolling with the big girls, I think it's really fascinating. You've had a long, storied, successful career in sales, and you have migrated and transitioned yourself in your life into a really successful coaching career where your demographic was one that surprised me. So tell us a little bit about the demographic of who you are coaching, Mm -hmm. some of the topics that you've really started to gain expertise in related to your coaching practice. Yeah. And also, you know, this is amazing. And and this is probably the story for like a lot of entrepreneurs. You have an idea where you think you want to go and then it takes you so far, matter of fact, so far left. When I first decided to go ahead and say, listen, you know, and I've done a lot of jobs and all stuff. In fact, we need a podcast just to go ahead and fit all those things. <laughs> but long story short, what I've noticed is that all my experiences I've had have really culminated into what I do as a coach. Now, when I first got started, I'm saying, great, I'm going to be coaching a bunch of dudes. Look, <laughs> look at this face. I'm going to be coaching a bunch of dudes going on here. And the more I started promoting what I was doing, the more that I started realizing that it was, matter of fact, professional women. And let me kind of break it down for you. In matter of fact, we've been talking a little bit about this already, introverted in by nature on that and also individuals who are perfectionists or recovering perfectionists, mm. uh, if you will, and also typically individuals who have a high sense of urgency, meaning if it doesn't happen now, what are we talking about? My vision, my dream, my business. If it doesn't happen now, it's not going to go ahead and happen. Most of them are, as a matter of fact, multi-degreed, master's degrees, PhDs on that individuals that have way smarter than I am on that, which have then totally confused me. Why are you talking to me? And <laughs> <laughs> on that, and and the and this is what we were seeing across the board. But more importantly, I started noticing they all had the same story. And that story is something that you guys have heard a lot and all stuff. Individuals who basically for a lot of years have been have been have had a, a quote unquote automatic automatic mode of serving others and also putting yourself last putting everybody else first mm. and for a lot of years there was a grace for that maybe you were a wife maybe your wife and mother on that active in your community in your church whatever you saw yourself in that vein and it was fine but then something turned on people started if it, the kids got older and moved out people and peers are moving on you start asking the question what about me on that and then you start realizing hold on a second you know what, guys, I think I'm done. Enough of me giving to others. It's my time to shine. And what we started noticing is that as we started doing these coaching sessions, more and more, more and more of these professionals, many of which happened to be women, were coming back and and I'm seeing the same story over and over again. And I started realizing, hold on a second, I don't think this is a fluke. And it's happening more and more. But before anybody on this call starts thinking, is it just women that have that? No. In fact, I've been, in, matter of fact, my men who I've been coaching right now have been increasing. And guess what? They're experiencing a lot of the same things in a, in, in, in a certain degree, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, people want to be able to go ahead and do what we all want to do. Carve our name into that oak tree and be able to go to say, I was here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing right now among folks who are in the 40s or 50s and also we've already done the whole jumping from job to career to career, chasing the dollars. Now it's about significance. And because it's about significance, we're looking, they're now looking for tools and ways to go ahead and help them to go ahead and become lighter, stronger, faster. And that's some of the biggest priorities. So, yeah. So as we started coaching, we started realizing that this was a group that was evolving. And for a lot of coaches out there as well, I want to make sure that you guys say, listen, don't jump ship just yet because you thought you thought you were going to be that person. Stay in it. The the market will begin to go ahead and start basically making itself to you. And you might find yourself living in a phenomenal niche. And I'm I'm saying right now, I'm extremely I'm extremely blessed because of the position I'm in right now. Thank God. 
Yeah, it sounds like you've really made a great space for yourself. And so I'm curious when these women, primarily it sounds like who are your audience right now or who are your customers, what are the what's the first thing that you sit down with them and do? Where do you start with them and what kind of journey are you taking them on to kind of break out of their shell or rediscover themselves or really position themselves for success? All right. First things first, I got to let folks know there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> most of the time, most of the time I'm basically unpacking. Uh, unpacking with them and all stuff in regards to just unpacking everything that they told themselves that there was wrong with them and really getting them to try to go ahead and discern the difference between what is true and what I think is true. I mean, how many, how many lies have we told ourselves because of the stuff that we picked up along the way. And when it, and when it comes to women on that, as with any group, and again, I guess any marginalized group and also minorities, what have you, as a minority. In fact, you guys were the first minority group on uh, mm-hmm. that for intensive purposes from which individuals intentionally were trying to go ahead and basically define for their, for their benefit and against your hurt. So there's been a lot of basically programming that's a lot of, a lot of stuff that has to be unlearned. So what we're seeing right now, as I, I, was, I was saying, we're seeing individuals now realizing, hold on a second, first step, nothing wrong with me, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with me on that, but I do have some stuff to go ahead and unlearn. And then we're able to go ahead, as a matter of fact, get them to unlearn and then start realizing, matter of fact, what, where their power is. So Desmond, earlier you mentioned the work that you do, you're starting to uncover women that are, are really kind of dealing in this space of being perfectionists and how that has manifested. And you and I have had some conversations offline where you've even seen kind of the start of what perfectionism looks like at a young age. And now you're at this other end of the spectrum where you're coaching women, you're seeing how being perfectionists their whole lives or mm-hmm. our whole lives. Let me keep mm-hmm. it real and not talk mm-hmm. about the they that's out there. Cause honey, mm-hmm. the they is me right now. So we <laughs> can turn yes. and Shelby, we can turn this to a personal coaching session if you would <laughs> like to. Um, but I would like to talk about what you are seeing mm-hmm. in, in this space of perfectionism, how mm-hmm. it is affecting us. And yeah. And, you know, my personal belief or my personal estimation mm-hmm. at the very least is that it is keeping us from stepping out and jumping in full force into transforming into who we want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so how do we break this? Talk to us about perfectionism and let's let's dive in there. OK, well, if I, if I, first and foremost, when it comes to perfectionism, there's a lot of confusion on that, but well, before we get into that, let me just go ahead and let everybody know uh, who are listening right now. Perfectionism is not sustainable. Mm, okay, yes. and also, and again, when when I, I talk about my 17 year old, but now I'm coaching individuals right now who are at age 45 and 50, and the frustration, discouragement, and anger that they're constantly experiencing and don't know why mm. is is a, is a direct result of something that you and I have heard a lot over the years. They've now entered into the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now here's what I want you to imagine for a second. You've been a perfectionist all your life. You've been praised for your perfection. And let's be honest. Let's be real here. Your perfectionism did serve you. It's what, it's what got us to where we are it, it, right it, now. It got you where you were as far as that's concerned. That's why and we it, are boss bitches. Yeah. Most of us. <laughs> exactly. Right. And also, and it got you to where you were. And in some cases it was, it was a, a thing to where if you didn't know anything else, you knew how to work hard on that. And it provided something that you are able to be, to, to be predict. Here's, here's what people started seeing where things started to unravel. I want you to think about this. It was easy to be perfectionist when you have established process and procedures, whether it's church, whether it's school, whether it's a corporation, there's something to be mastered in regards to steps. And you guys have yeah. that all day long. Even okay. the processes we built within our own homes to keep the structure going yeah, and keep every, the structure going. you're going to be at soccer. You're going to be here, honey. I got dinner. Yeah, you yeah. make sure you rub my feet when you get yeah. back. Right? <laughs> all the processes, and all, 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 all the, all the processes and procedures here mm-hmm. were things, here's when things start to unravel. When, when, when that perfectionism begins to go ahead and start showing its cracks is when life starts getting buried. Okay. Mm. Almost every person I speak to says, when I, when I ask the question, when did, when did perfectionism that used to serve you stop serving you? 
And they all say the same thing. When I had children, when I got married on that, when I started, matter of fact, children married, got, had a business on that. All those things are variables and they don't follow any rules. And that's where if you have not been, if you have not been basically using another system of how to, how to operate, you start getting gaga crazy. Now, here's the problem. Yeah. Since you do not know what else to do, you simply now double down on the perfectionism. And then now what ends up happening, you're working harder and harder and experiencing less and less joy. Mm. You see, that's the real damage that's happening here. Don't want to get all positive thinky on you uh, here, but I got to go here for a second and all stuff. You know, I use happiness as a business term. And I, I do. Let me go ahead and break it down here for you. And also when when a person is operating in happiness, they they release two key side effects, energy and enthusiasm. Energy and enthusiasm. These are the core elements that anyone needs, particularly when they're trying to go ahead and finish that book, finish that screen play and also be able to go ahead and now continue to go for audition after audition, continue to go ahead and start that business and all stuff. You need energy and you need enthusiasm. On that now, what ends up happening is the fact that if you've been basically now not watching this perfectionism, that this perfectionism that continues to yield you less and less satisfaction, mm-hmm. you now start getting more and more frustrated. Mm-hmm. It becomes toxic. So you have that. So the other thing about perfectionism is, is this: there's a lot of confusion because people are assuming that being a perfectionist and the person who desires excellence are are the same thing. They are not. They're two different things. Let me tell you the difference. Let's put perfectionism down here for a second. Let's take a look at a person who has a healthy desire for excellence. They look exactly like the perfectionist with one big caveat. And I'll use this example. Both of you guys care about how you show up and you want to be the top everything that you want to go ahead and do. But here's the difference. They both are now taking a test and they both want to go ahead and work hard and get 100. So when the person who has a healthy desire for excellence gets a, gets a 95 on the examination, they're coming to the professor and say, well, I got a 95, but now they're saying, but do I still get an A though? Professor says, yes. <laughs> We're going to Applebee's baby. Yes. <laughs> a person who has a healthy understanding of excellence, pray, math bank values progress over perfection. Mm. Their whole thing is, but am I moving forward though? So here's what they do. And also a person who has a healthy desire for excellence, math bank, math bank is able to go ahead and what? Math bank, Take the win, move on, and give themselves permission to be happy. Mm. That last part is important. Listen mm-hmm. to that. All right, okay, so we're going to put them down, put the perfectionist back up again. The only role that perfectionism really serves anybody is to do what? Steal your joy. Mm. It's the only role it has. A perfectionist says to themselves, only when I am hitting the arrow through the bullseye every single time while riding on horseback and singing I'm every woman at perfect pitch, then and only then will I give myself permission to be happy. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. So now we're creating all these parameters. It's not enough to win. I have to win in this order. It's not enough for me to win. I have to go ahead and basically get the approval of this person. We create these specific parameters. And even when we hit them, we're still not in joy. Hmm. And that's what makes this thing unsustainable. And here's, you want to hear something really, really messed up about this? Yeah. Because of the fact that you've been practicing this idea of never being satisfied, which sometimes that's oftentimes promoted as she, this person's a really hard worker. They're always thinking of access. No, that person's unhealthy. Because here's what's happening. Every time you now start promoting that to everybody, your staff, your husband, your kids, you've been teaching them on, in fact, indirectly not to praise you, hmm. not to celebrate you. Why? Because they're looking mm. to you in terms of how you're going to react. Mom, you just got a promotion. Yeah, but, you know, it's no big deal, whatever situation. We move on. So they're about to go and go. You do that enough times and all of a sudden now what ends up happening, you, you're working your butt off. You're trying to figure out, hold on a second. Why is nobody not supporting me? Mm-hmm. Why is nobody cheering me on? I don't understand what's going on. And what you don't understand is that you've been creating an environment from which you've been poo-pooing your accomplishments due to because it didn't fall within this aspect of perfection. And you've been inadvertently training the people around you. Don't praise you. Listen, don't praise so-and-so because she's just going to go into a whole different thing and let's not do that. Okay. (laughs) 
So when a person now is giving themselves permission to be happy, it's not only for them, but they're also training the world around them to celebrate. Hmm. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, and this is where we're trying to, this is when I'm bringing on clients, we're trying to transition them from the unsustainable model of perfection and transition them to this, this sustainable model of, I will praise progress, not perfection. I am progress, not perfection. Yeah. Because here's what's happening, guys. And also, you're seeing more women. And I think that, matter of fact, I know this is, a, this is an amazing thing in more positions of authority, power, decision making, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There's been more on their plate than probably ever on that. My, my opinion, don't have any facts to substantiate that, but that's, that's just the way it looks going on here. So while what's happening, we're seeing a high index in regards to achievement and a lower and lower index in regards to happiness, more Xanax per prescriptions, a lot more candles are being sold. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sure. Okay. And also, woosa, woosa, whatever, largely because of the fact that largely because of the fact that the exhaustive nature of trying to be a perfectionist yeah. is getting to a point where right now, you know what? It's just not doing it for me anymore. Yeah. I'm tired all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. All the time. I am tired all the time. And, you know, I find this interesting, though. And so I guess my question to you is, how do we get beyond perfectionism? Because I feel like perfectionism is splashed on every social media site. It's constantly... Yeah. It, in front of our faces, if we don't meet this bar, everyone portrays their life as, as being perfect. We want to put on this face to the rest of our friends, our family members, and whoever's in society that like our life is perfect for whatever reason. And so it's hard for us to, I guess, turn our backs to this, this yeah. level of perfection that society, this bar of perfection that society has painted for us and to choose a different path. So what do we need to do to choose that different path? One, and two, be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's a, a great question. First things first, change the narrative. You know, one thing I love about social media that I've got a chance to learn over the years is that it rewards authenticity. Mm. It rejects perfection, actually. Mm. Some of the most biggest viral videos that you've ever seen on that are people doing incredibly silly, funny, tragic things and all stuff that wasn't planned. Yeah. And we love you for it. That's a big lesson that I hope everybody can go ahead and see. So, and in, in, in fact, and also for that person who's trying to go ahead and get the light just right on that, what's happening is the fact that there is a narrative going on in the back of their head that if I am perfect, you will love me. Mm-hmm. But that's a truth you're telling yourself that's not consistent with what the world is saying. In fact, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you're genuine. I love the fact that you're honest. I love the fact that I'm looking at two amazing women right now that one will go ahead and say, without even knowing, you say, man, they look like they have it all together. And then they put a podcast that says, that fact, hello, midlife crisis. Hold on a second. <laughs> you guys have a crisis? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> you know, that, and, there, and what, what does that do? That, it, that, now, that now brings people in and it makes them feel, gosh, I'm okay. I'm fine. And if they can do it, I can go ahead and do it too, which, which, was, which is opposite of the message that people were trying to do through perfection on yeah. that. I want to go ahead and put together a perfect feel because I want folks to go ahead and feel better about solving problems. Well, that's not sustainable and it's not authentic. Yeah. And that's what people are needing, needing right now. So again, I don't know what sea change needs to happen out there, but I'm encouraging uh, men and women to go ahead and drop the facades. Because there's a person, I can't tell you right now, when I'm, matter of fact, every time I'm basically being honest and transparent as a man, as a father, on that, as a son, and I'm getting real, the level of comments of people saying, oh my gosh, me too, dude. I thought I was, I thought I was the only one. And then what ends up happening, you start discovering community like never before. Mm. Mm. Somebody's waiting for you to go ahead and keep it real. And not so much in terms of, let me make, kind of back that up a second. And also keep, keep it real with a purpose. All right. You got some folks who are just trying to keep it real and they just basically, no, you're not real. You're just rude and ignorant. Okay. Yeah, right. You know <laughs> who that. you are. Stop it. Shame on you. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> on that. But keeping it real in the fact that, hey, listen, 
I don't always have the nutritious meal. Not everything is gluten free. And there are certain days when it's just me, matter of fact, me, uh, uh, matter of fact, me and wine, and I may cry myself to sleep. Bottle of wine and a bag of pop chips. In a bag, in a bag of pop tarts, <laughs> and that was it. And hold on a second. And there are times when not every day is perfect. I need you to let you know that's okay. Now, when we start talking about this thing in regards to perfectionism, we need to increase more of that narrative because here's the deal about human human nature: we do what we see. Mm-hmm. Our kids, our kids, our, our ourselves, and also our colleagues, oftentimes are feeling we need to go ahead and now double down on what perfectionism is claiming to provide because it's just what we see. Yeah, it's funny. In 2016, I went through I went through a little bit of therapy because I was having some struggles, mm-hmm. and I had gotten to a point where I was just anxious. It's dealing with tons of anxiety mm-hmm. and unhappiness. And, and really, my four weeks of therapy were life-changing, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a quick study. He was like, four weeks. He's like, you're good. I was like, I'm good. All right, I'm out. Boom. <laughs> um, but what I learned relates very much to what we're talking about right now. From a very young age, I, I was in... Um, a situation, our family, it was, there was a lot of chaos, a lot of trauma that took place. Um, You name it, it happened. Mm -hmm. And by the age of nine, I had mastered the art of being the fixer in Mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. Whatever needed to be fixed, I fixed it. Whether Mm -hmm. it was the toilet, my mother's taxes, or figuring out the next plan for our family so that we were safe. And I always came from this position of, if I can control the chaos around me, then we will be safe, we will be okay, and I don't have to worry about that. So this was how I, honestly, it's what led to my success in life. Mm -hmm. I mastered the art of being a fixer. Mm-hmm. AKA a perfectionist. Let me create this perfect bubble where I'm safe and the people that I love are safe. And it, it grew into my friendships. I became home base to my friends. Trinity, what do I do? Well, just tell me you have a problem and I will fix it. Thank you very much. Um, in my relationships, in my marriage, mm-hmm. you don't know what to, you can't hold down a job. That's okay. I'll hold down seven. <laughs> Right. I mean, whatever <laughs> had to be done, I was going to fix it. Right. And it's funny. Right. You, you mentioned earlier when these big changes happen, that's when perfectionism no longer serves you. Well, I realized I, I'm realizing now. Hindsight being 2020, my big change was my divorce. So mm-hmm. when that when I got divorced in 2017, mm-hmm. That's when things started to become hard for me mm. and my perfectionism, my fixing it and fix, yeah. wasn't working wasn't anymore. Working. And so this is like really opening my eyes to, I have to find the power of the better way Yeah, yeah. because my fixer, she, pff, that girl's just tired. I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm mm-hmm. broke, 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 broke it. I'm broke mm-hmm. it. Y'all broke it. <laughs> me. Broke it me. <laughs> and my fixer, I don't want to fix you, fix me. I don't want to fix anybody anymore. And yeah. the perfectionism thing, I'm just, I'm burnt out on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's... so how do we, how do we make this shift? What are some practical things that we can do when we see this in ourselves now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, damn it, if I don't want to live an amazing transformative life at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still yeah. fighting those demons from the past. Yeah. Uh, listen, as a matter of fact, there's a, a, matter of fact, a, a pastor that actually married us, his name, Dr. Earl Johnson and all stuff. He always says something that I thought was super cool. I never forgot it. And he went like this. He says, people hurt you, people heal you. Mm. People hurt you, people heal you. Listen, this whole idea of, matter of fact, you know, I was born in a log cabin that I built with my own hands. <laughs> you know, we have this mentality of this rugged individualism and also, listen, there are times when we just need seasons where we just need help. Mm. You ask what you can go ahead and do, get help. I don't want this to just go ahead and sell self-serving. It doesn't have to come through me. Get therapy, get a coach. 
because oftentimes what's happening is the fact that the you're struggling, you're struggling a lot longer than you need to because you can't see yourself. Mm-hmm. You Good. literally can't see yourself. Mm. Let that sink in for a second. You cannot see yourself. You need to have somebody who has no skin in the game on that. And also to be able to go ahead and basically look at you with some fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is this is why I'm glad that we're living that, that we're now entering into an age where therapy and coaching and different things in the matter are now getting its just due because we've had a lot of individuals who've needed help but didn't but because of our culture or stigma associated with it didn't get it. They needed desperately somebody to go ahead and look at their situation with fresh eyes. Yeah. They heard one, one person that said, hey, do this. And that's all they need, need to go ahead and do. Or, you know, men don't cry or, you know, just suck it up, dude, or put some dirt on it and move on and all stuff, you know. And what or, or one person gave me the worst piece of advice when I was going through. We almost lost our home in 2013 uh, going on there. And he, I, I was basically just kind of pouring my heart to matter of fact, a friend who good guy, just no longer a friend of mine. But uh, <laughs> worst piece of advice, he says, do you drink? Maybe you should start. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that'll solve all the problems. Yeah, that will exactly. solve all the problems. Like, <laughs> let's go. But at any rate, but to the point that we're basically talking about, first and foremost, that fact, get the help to start seeing yourself from some fresh, some fresh eyes. Because by seeing it by some fresh eyes, and this is something that I alluded to earlier, or Bethag or, or was talking about earlier, is that sometimes you're telling Bethag you're operating in a narrative that that is that 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 a is not true. Or here's what I've also noticed. And Trinity, you got a chance to bring it up earlier. What you needed to do early on served you in that season. And it was a benefit for you in that season. Now it's a curse. Yeah. But yeah. you haven't stopped doing it. Because it's, it's a habit. Now. It's a habit. It's who I am. Exactly. My identity. Identity. And also, so if I'm broken, I love to fix it. Yeah. But if you're in a relationship with somebody who's also, who's pretty healthy. And you keep trying to fix me, we're going to have problems. <laughs> right. Right. We're going to have problems. Uh, chick, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Please. Not I'm one good. of them. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. And also, and what ends up happening, we don't, we don't have anybody to go to say, stop. Okay. That was good then. Do not think of yourself as a high performance vehicle, Shelby. Shelby. Is that Shelby? Shelby. 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 Like the, the car, like the high performance. Yes, like the high, the Shelby high performance vehicle. Duh. That's not it. This is, this is me. This is me pretending that I don't need glasses. There exactly. You go. Put them readers oh, on, dude. Yeah, I'm operating in my truth. Okay, I am blind. All right. So, okay. All right. But you know, I so said this is this is you realizing this. Matter of fact, Shelby is a high performance vehicle. Okay, not only the car, but you are. Okay. That high performance, you got five on the floor. It's, it's a beautiful thing when you get a chance to open up that motor. But if you've been basically only operating in first gear and, and, and you, and you have even told yourself or identified that you, you, you know, you got four more gears to go, right? (laughs) But you've been operating here. Okay. Limiting yourself here, only using this tactic. Yes, we agree. It did serve you. It no longer does switch gears. And sometimes we're able to get it. Hopefully, you know, matter of fact, if you're able to go to conferences, read books, all those things are helpful. But oftentimes having somebody who's able to go ahead and look at you, not from a macro, I'm seeing you from the audience, but really getting a chance to go ahead and sit down with you and say, okay, I'm seeing this. Do you see this? No, I don't see it. I'm seeing this. You need to go ahead and go to gear number two, three, four, and five. You got more in you. Mm. And all stuff. And in many cases, something as simple as that, in terms of letting people know you have another gear, it's like, oh, snap. I do have another gear on that. I didn't realize it. And then they get there, it was like, it's like, oh, the C's part and the eyes, or matter of fact, the door opens up. And now they're seeing a side of themselves that didn't exist before on that. So, first things first. Go ahead and get somebody who can see you through fresh eyes. I recommend a professional of some sort. I provide everybody here with a complimentary. I provide all my clients with a complimentary coaching session and all stuff. And the reason why I do that a lot and all stuff is because this is still new for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that folks are feeling safe 
with this. And also before they go ahead and put their hands involved with somebody uh, going on here, make sure that this is for them. But more importantly, they're probably for a lot of the people that I train and we're talking about master's degrees and a PhD that, excuse me, not trained coach that I'm coaching. And also I'm, I'm shocked and amazed based upon their bona fides, based upon their <laughs> resume going on here, that this is oftentimes the very first time listen carefully, that they actually had somebody speak to them with a fresh set of eyes. Mm. And I'm going to add another thing for my really C-suite chicks out there. And you know who you are. I'm talking to two of them right now. (laughs) The higher you go, the more people lie to you. Mm. Let that sink in for a second. I got my girls, I got my people around you. And I'm not asking you to go ahead and look at everybody with a side eye, but here's the situation. If you, if you attain a level of wealth and notoriety, real or perceived on that, and now you got people wanting to go ahead and be your space because they love the energy you bring and simply being around Shelby, simply being around Trinity makes me feel like a winner on that. Oh, girl, you look fantastic. You always look so good. Shelby, almost. I don't know how you always do it, girl. You always say whatever. I don't and, know how she always says it. I really don't. <laughs> but what ends up happening is that when you're now getting to that place, it's very, very hard to go ahead and get somebody to really be impartial mm-hmm. to help see you with a fresh set of eyes. That's why you're seeing so many, in my personal opinion, why a lot of a lot of uh, executives and athletes and all stuff are doing that because once they start getting into those high echelons in terms of the dollars. And the prestige that comes along with it is very, very hard to find impartial observers. Yeah. Going on here. So, so when we start talking about what can we go ahead and do, that's one way. The second thing for those who don't have the resources to do so is to first of all start embracing FA progress on that. And I'll take something as simple as this. So, so what you couldn't do the one hour booty busting hit training. Okay. Do you have 15 minutes? Do the 15 minutes and check the box. Mm. Stop judging yourself. I did it. Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission. I made progress. Yeah. Today. And also, did you exercise? Yes. Check. I did it. And no, it wasn't the booty busting 45 minutes and all stuff, hit training, crunch, brunch, whatever thing that you were going to go ahead and do. I moved today. Because here's the situation. This is, as a matter of fact, we're looking at the long tail of what's happening here. If I keep on moving on a regular basis, I'm going to look amazing. That's the goal here. I don't get any pride. This is something I oftentimes ask my clients to go ahead and do. Okay. Oh, so you're really excited about doing it this way and this and this and in, in, in this manner? Okay, fantastic. Where do I go to receive that prize? Hmm. I'll wait. Where do I go to receive that medal for having done the tub just that way? Oh, wait. Right. Where do I go right. to receive the medal for, matter of fact, for, 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 for looking absolutely amazing in that dress? There is no place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's so true. And I, I appreciate you saying, you know, it's baby steps that I think gain, gain this momentum. And I um, am a classic type A person. And I think I'm the first one that I was really just overextending myself, overextending myself. I was the Girl Scout troop leader, the room parent, but, you know, all the things. Um, and I was physically exercising every day. And at, at some point, literally, my body just broke down. And that was, a very big wake up call for me. And so suddenly I found myself not even being able to do all the things that I used to do because I just physically was unable to do it. And I had to learn through that personal experience to give myself that grace and space to just say no, to not be a perfectionist. Um, But it took these very real physical and impairments for me to come to that yeah. realization yeah. Yeah. for better or worse you know mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. really my body broke down and said mm-hmm. hey hello mm-hmm. stop this now yeah. so I guess my question is what are some telltale signs that you might be overdoing it and that you need to get the help you need to step back you need to give yourself some space and grace 
um, because it's it's reached that tipping point that it's no longer to, to Trinity's point earlier, this is no longer serving you. Exactly. And, and, and matter of fact, excellent question. Um, here, here's how you can go and start knowing this. Matter of fact, this is taking more energy than it used to give. If you enjoy wearing makeup and do, do that type of situation, God bless you. God bless you. Hmm. But, but if now it's taking more energy from you, you're now getting more depressed. Yeah. And also, if you don't do this, going on here, it literally is not giving anything, it's taking. Mm -hmm. I have to ask people to go ahead and ask that question because we get so caught up on going on automatic in regards to our actions. We don't ask ourselves the question, hold on a second, what am I actually getting out of this? All right, I'm working out like a fiend, great. Are you enjoying yourself? What I used to, now it's like, if I don't, if I don't, they will judge me. Okay, who's they? Who's them? And are they paying your bills? Right. <laughs> and more importantly, yeah, so many talk and, tracks. Yeah. So matter of fact, so many talk tracks that are going going on there. Matter of fact, and, and, and all these are these perceived individuals that are judging you, first of all, are they even qualified? Mm-hmm. I have to have my clients that I coach are taking them through and taking them through and having them review who the folks that they are perceiving as the ones they need to impress. And I start asking, I start basically asking them to go ahead and, and, and prove to me that they are qualified to even judge you. Mm-hmm. I had a client of mine and also an amazing screenwriter who basically got duped by a quote unquote writing coach on that. And when we look back at his resume then and what he's doing now, he wasn't qualified then and he wasn't qualified now, which you would think would be enough to go to say, I don't have to listen to that person anymore. But the damage had been done and she still was basically in many cases using his justifications yeah. for the reason why she she isn't going to be a isn't going to be a good screenwriter. And we had to go to spend a half hour almost basically able to go ahead and basically making the case they were not qualified Think I love this. this. I'm going to say this to somebody, baby. You are not qualified, not qualified. to judge me. <laughs> not qualified. You're not qualified to right? judge me. Well, and here's the thing that I find interesting. You know, Theodore Roosevelt had that famous quote that says it's not the critic who counts. It's the, the one in the arena with the blood and the dirt on their face. And so in the reality is we get to decide who is qualified. Mm-hmm. We get to decide who is qualified to to give us advice, to give us insights. Um, and we can make a choice to tune out those people mm-hmm. that are not, don't have our best interest at heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes feedback is hard to take and sometimes we have to hear the hard feedback. But I think the question is, does this person have my best interest at heart? That's it. That's the and key. And if they do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then fact, maybe I'm... I'll take them as qualified. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're bringing up this thing right now. Okay, listen, here, here's something that I had to go ahead and unpack and it was a big revelation on um, that. Listen, when we look at our friends and people around you, first of all, matter of fact, at this point in time, I'm gonna encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast, I want you to go ahead and basically, I don't care what you do, get some Stella Rosa, get, get a coffee, whatever situation, <laughs> and ask and take a look at your group of friends. Oh man, yes. not just friends, yeah. but people, places, and things on that and all stuff and keep asking that question, do these people, matter of fact, give me more energy than they take? Now, matter of fact, your girl back in the day at high school, there was a grace for you guys hanging together, okay? But life has diverged. You guys have gone your different Dude, places. you're killing me right now. I'm just, yeah. Because this literally happened. Yeah, yeah. You guys last gone week. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is huge. And we're and and, back, and, and, and and I want you to see yourself right now. We got we got people that we've been bring, bringing on because, yes. uh, well, you know, I had an obligation mm-hmm. back because, mm-hmm. you know, because she's from the neighborhood or we came up together or she was my mm-hmm. my, my roommate or whatever. Listen, sometimes relationships were matter of fact, relationships were perfect for the time and season. Ooh, Embrace it. Embrace the fact yeah. that the season was great and it's done. Yeah. I'm going to encourage everybody. Desmond is a psychic. Desmond is a psychic. Desmond is a psychic. Just putting it out there. You can be his coach or he can be your psychic. Either one. Oh my God. You have no idea what has just happened. 
I'm, I'm asking everybody right now to go ahead and really start taking some new applications. Yes. It's yes. okay to take new applications for friends. Okay. New applications. And in this season, I'm going to, matter of fact, particularly as a guy, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the things that men don't talk a lot about and also, but listen, when I'm method, the type of friends I'm looking for are the people who basically have no problem Matter of fact, that I have no problem rooting for and they have no problem rooting for me. Yes. I'm so mm-hmm. tired of friendly competitors. Mm, 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 mm. And when we start looking at our friend group, and I noticed this, and I want to thank my, my daughter for this, because this is what I noticed. Her, her, her crew that was coming up from middle school and getting all the rewards and all stuff, and when, when, we saw, when we saw her going through what she was going through and all stuff and the emotional t- toil that the toxic perfectionism was taking on her mentally and emotionally, then we started taking a look at her team around her, and we like said, well, hold on a second, these are your friends. And we started realizing, hold on a second, these aren't really friends, because when we started hearing them, how they spoke about each other, Oh, I got to do, I got to do better because it's so much easier for so-and-so. They were making mm. assumptions that everybody else was better than the other person. And then they say, well, hold on mm. a second. Why aren't you guys talking to each other? Oh, no, I don't want to put on. I want to let them know. Hold on a second. I thought you guys are friends. No. And then we realized, ding dong, not friends. We're just simply friendly competitors. Mm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I did, one of the things I did uh, back in 2017 is um, when I said, listen, I need to go ahead and basically now get my whole new group. I literally, I literally said this prayer to the Lord, Lord, help me find my tribe. Mm-hmm. Listen carefully, help me find my tribe. I want to go ahead and matter of fact, it's okay to have people who get me. Sure. That's a good prayer. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. folks who get me that I don't have to go ahead and find myself playing small to or always having to go ahead and check. Um, And this season where I'm going and where I'm growing, I want to be around people, men and women and all stuff who find joy in cheering for one another. Yes. Not low key hating on going on here because I need my community, but how damaging is to go ahead and find out that the person that you thought had your back wasn't really there for you at all. Right. I find this so interesting. I heard somebody say something the other day that said, we spend so much time trying to determine if we're good enough for other people. And we don't ever stop to ask ourselves if other people are good enough for us. Yeah. And I hear you saying this. Exactly. 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 This is a very good exercise. This is a very good exercise, Shelby, because I want you to go ahead and start asking those kind of questions. And we're not talking, and I'm not, I'm not really so much into the whole culture of cut them off, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, I am. I am. (laughs) Bye. Bye. That's me all day. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 But it's in terms, you guys are too much. All right. So, but it's, it's in terms of basically, listen, listen, I'm taking on new applications. We're going to go, we're going to turn down your volume and now turn the volume up with these folks. And now keep in mind that that is conditional upon you doing one thing. And I, and I, and Trinity, I know you went through this journey yourself, being okay, being okay with being, being okay with being by yourself for a season. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I started dating myself. I was like, girl, we going out to dinner, honey. Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Exactly. All the things that I was waiting on a man to do with Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to do those things myself. I'm going to yeah. go camping and go to the movies and go on vacations. And I'm not going to wait mm-hmm. anymore because I've spent my l- whole life waiting. I was in a marriage where I was waiting the whole time to be loved in the way that I needed to be loved mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to do the things that I needed to do. And then men, after I got divorced, girl, just wait, we going to be after you divorce your <laughs> wife. Okay. Okay, honey. Sure. Right. Always waiting. I don't yeah. wait anymore. I yeah. don't wait anymore. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, raise your right hand. Uh, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. Put your hand my fault. Okay. All right. Now, that what we did right now, I know it's, you may feel a little silly by doing so, but you just declaring it's all my fault, puts the power back on you, puts the power back in your hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. He puts the power back in your hands. Listen, it's all my fault. Hold on a second. I allow that to happen. Yeah. 
Okay. I allowed it. I didn't get enough love and all stuff. I needed to go ahead and speak. Hold on a second. That's okay. It's all cool. Bye bye. We're great. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all me. That's all me on that. I'll do better this time on that. It's all my fault. Taking back control. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get what I need in this season. And if the crew that I start off with is no longer able to meet the needs I have right now, and also I need to go ahead and basically now decide, decide to go ahead and pull back and start taking new applications, mm-hmm. which requires cool. you actually knowing what you want. Mm-hmm. Another reason why you want so to go ahead and go to the therapist. What's the job description? The, what's the job description? What yes. is it that I need in this season? Yeah going on change matter of fact, you, you just change it for the sake of change because it just sounds good and everybody's doing their 45 snaps up in a circle and z face whatever situation <laughs> you just you, you're just basically you're just basically just making noise and, and making moves but if you haven't done the work to go ahead and even ask yourself the question on that mm-hmm. what is it that i actually need what matter of fact what do i need in this season then you're going to find yourself eventually creating a brand new crop of the same type of people yeah yeah. yeah. And I think to add to that, you can't settle. I think too many of us say, okay, these are the type of people that I want. We put it on our dating profile. This is what I'm looking for. <laughs> and then the first person that comes along, we're like, yeah, I like it. you like me. But even though they're, they're not the right fit. So I think, you know, to build on that, you, you have to know what it is that you want and then yeah. not settle for less. That's right. Because you're exactly. worth it. You are worth it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also part of that maturity, too, is helpful in terms of this is where a lot of folks have to make peace with. Um, Stop judging yourself because you don't have a lot Mm. of people. Go back, really, really give yourself permission to really, really hone in on quality Mm -hmm. instead of quantity. I've always said I would rather go deep. Mm-hmm. And wide. And wide, exactly. And all stuff. And for matter of fact, talk getting back to the whole introvert, extrovert uh, type of thing going on here. The reason why introverts, um, in fact, in the in the in the e-course that I've just created, one of the things I'm telling folks is the reason why introverts so do so well in sales, which is a big shock to a lot of people, in, and they do so well in sales over the long period of time because oftentimes, matter of fact, over 65 percent. 60, of all revenue for most companies come from upsells from existing clients, mm-hmm. which requires us talking to our existing, existing clients, clients. Right. developing relationships with our existing clients, extroverts and also brag about how many people they know on a very large spectrum. But when you really start, when you start, start looking at what they're doing, their relationships are pretty paper thin, topical at best. Mm. On that, but they, but but the writers, the individuals who basically trust you, the ones who know you, the ones who like you, those are the individuals and all stuff who are part, matter of fact, who are part of that quality group. So again, for a lot of us, and this is actually more of a, a sign of our maturity because in high school we wanted everybody to like us. So mm-hmm. the more people sure. liked us, the better we felt about ourselves. Now that we're getting older. Listen, if I can go ahead and get about one or two riders. Right. Tops. I only need three people tops to like me. That's about all I have bandwidth for. I'll be fine with that. I'll be okay with that. And that's another question that folks need to go ahead and do. Am I okay with that? Yeah. And it may seem, well, obviously, well, some people need some time to go ahead and get to that place on that. And again, this is another reason why folks need to go ahead and get some help from someone who can go ahead and look at them with some fresh eyes. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. Wow. Wow, this is so fun. on that note, Desmond, tell us, since you are available to help men and women see things through a new lens, um, I know you mentioned that you wrote an ebook as well. Tell mm-hmm. us where to find you and where we can find your book as well. Absolutely. And stuff. So right now, for those, for everybody who's listening to this podcast, I provide all my clients with a one-on-one, one-hour complimentary coaching session on that and all stuff. And, and here, this is not an infomercial on why coaching is cool. You're literally getting coached from the very beginning on that. And let me just be transparent. The reason why I do that is twofold. Number one, you need to feel safe about who you're working with and to make sure you find out this is going to be of use to you. 
Number two, I need to go ahead and feel that you're safe, that I can work with <laughs> on that as well. Right. So it, it, it is a benefit to the both of us going on there. So you can go ahead and access and claim your complimentary coaching session by going to coachdesmond.com. That's Coach Desmond, D-E-S-M-O-N-D.com. And you can go ahead and basically claim that. A calendar will go ahead and pick up on there. You can select a time and date that works best for you. Super easy. Super easy. CoachDesmond.com. Also, too, at the end of this month, we'll have released um, our brand new e-course called uh, I Hate Sales. (laughs) Um, That that will be coming up. And again, if if that's been you out there saying, oh, my gosh, that's so me. And also, this is specifically for you on that. That'll be coming up. And also, like I said, we'll be available by at least by March 30, by March 30th to March 31st. Also, you'll get more information and that'll be coming up through coachdesmond.com. So excited about that book. And if you want to see other books that I've written, you can go to Amazon or barnesnoble.com and go ahead and see my late, my last book that I wrote, which was How to Fight the Devil as Your Life Coach on that. <laughs> so that was actually a pretty good one too as well. So there you have it. Desmond, thank you. It has been a absolute pleasure talking with you today. Um, um, thank you for all of the tips and the insights. And I can feel your passion for this topic and really in helping people to move past yeah. perfection thank into you. transformation. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate your time. No, thank I appreciate the both yeah. of you guys here as I continue success on this amazing podcast. You're helping a lot of people. Thank on you. that. So keep it up. Shelby, great thank meeting you. you. Trinity, always best. Likewise. Thank you. Guys you. Take care now. All, All right. right. God bless you. Bye. All right. You too. Bye. 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 Thank you so much to our guest, life coach and author Desmond Blackburn. I will tell you what, ladies, this recovering perfectionist welcomes so much the juicy tips and bits of wisdom that Desmond has shared with us today. And here are just a few key takeaways for you. Number one, what once worked for you may no longer serve you. Number two, perfectionism simply isn't sustainable. Number three, a healthy desire for excellence is not the same thing as perfectionism. The person with a healthy desire for excellence values progress over perfection. A perfectionist, on the other hand, tells themselves only when I'm putting the arrow through the bullseye every single time can I be happy. Number four, the message we are telling ourselves, if I am perfect, you will love me, is not consistent with what society seems to value, which is authenticity. Number five, when we lean into being our authentic selves, that is where we find community. There will always be someone who will say, man, you're dealing with that? Me too. Number six, engage a coach or a therapist for a fresh set of eyes to help you see the sides of yourself you can't see. And number seven, you get to determine who is quote unquote qualified to offer you feedback or advice. Sometimes relationships come into your life for a reason or a season. And you know what? Maybe it's time you need to take new applications. Thank you again to Desmond. If you want to find Coach Desmond, you can go to his website at coachdesmond.com to claim a one-hour complimentary coaching session. He also has an e-course called I Hate Sales, which was available on March 31st. And finally, check out his book, How to Fire the Devil as Your Life Coach. Thank you, Desmond, for all your words of wisdom.